Hello and welcome to the Southampton versus West Ham United match day programme for the game kicking off on Sunday 16th of October 2022. In this week's edition we have a feature piece with Mohamed Salisu, an update on the women's team, your usual Franny Benali piece, but first, your manager's notes. Dear supporters, welcome back to St Mary's for today's Premier League match against West Ham United. I would like to offer a warm welcome to David Moyes and his staff and players and to the West Ham supporters who have travelled down from London for this game. We know this is a very good team who have proved their quality over the last two seasons and it is no surprise to me that they have begun to climb the table after a difficult start. West Ham has never been an easy opponent for us but we were able to stay unbeaten in three meetings last season taking two wins. We know we can do it and three points is our target today. Of course, it has been a difficult period for us. We cannot hide away from that. So many games in the Premier League are decided by small moments, and that is what we have seen recently. What we know is we have to be more ruthless in both boxes. We have to be committed in our defending and clinical when the chances come to score. These are the key moments that decide who takes the points. Last weekend, I must say, it was a different scenario playing against one of the best teams in the world at the moment, Manchester City. We have had success against them in the past, but it was clear they have adapted and in the end their quality was too much on the day. We won't be the last team to say that this season. Coming back to St Mary's, we need your help to get us through this tough run. With a positive atmosphere inside the stadium, we can use our home advantage to push the players. We will play our part to show this togetherness, on the pitch and in the stands, to come out on the other side, which we have done so many times as a club before. We march on. That's my dream, to play in the World Cup and to go far. For Mohamed Salisu, international football has always beckoned, but it's inevitably did nothing to diminish his sense of pride at representing the Black Stars for the first time. Now the defender finds himself one month away from the greatest show on earth, with one eye on exacting revenge for the people of Ghana. It's different, says a smiling Mohamed Salisu, pausing for thought as he reflects with palpable pride after pulling on his shirt for his country for the first time. You can sense the magnitude of the occasion for the defender, whose Ghana debut may have appeared long overdue to many an outsider given the growth of his performance in the two years since becoming a saint. Salisu reveals he was first called up by the Black Stars back in 2019 when he was playing for Real Valavoid in Spain, only for an injury to prevent him joining up with the squad. Since then, he's had life-changing moves to deal with and a fight to cement his place in Ralph Hasenhutl's back line. Mentally and physically, Salisu admits, he was not ready for his country's call. That changed last month when the improving centre-back, still only 23, represented the West African country of his birth for the first time in friendlies against Brazil and Nicaragua. The next call-up, four weeks from now, will see his head coach, Otto Addo, name his World Cup squad as Ghana returned to football showpiece event after an eight-year absence. It was a great feeling, an honour to represent my country, Salisu says, still piecing together his emotions. I was so happy to make my debut for my country. I'm so proud. I had a feeling that it's the right time now, he continues, explaining how he maintained constant dialogue with the Ghanaian Federation in the three years since his first call-up. Before, I wasn't ready. I spoke with the coaches and the president so they understand me. So I told them that when I'm ready, I will accept the call-up. It was so long, I remember my first call-up was 2019, but I had an injury problem when I was in Spain, so I could not go. 
after that, I keep on getting the call up, but I wasn't ready, honestly. Mentally and physically, I wasn't ready. I spoke with the manager. He came down here to Southampton, so I spoke with him. I told him my reasons for not coming, for not joining the team, but I told them that when I'm ready, I will accept the call-up. The Ghana national team has undertaken a radical reform since the start of 2022. Back in January, the Black Stars were expected to complete in the latter stages of the Africa Cup of Nations, but instead found themselves eliminated with only one point from a group topped by well-fancied Morocco. That also included relative minnows, Gabon and Comoros. That sparked wholesale changes. That sparked wholesale change. Serbian coach Milovan Rajovac was dismissed, replaced by former Ghana international Addo, who would be supported by left-field choices technical advisor Chris Hewton. Born to a Ghanaian father, Hewton, now 63, has managed nearly 500 games in England with Newcastle, Birmingham, Norwich, Brighton and Nottingham Forest and was initially recruited to help with the crucial two-legged World Cup playoff against Nigeria. When Ghana prevailed on away goals, scored by their talisman at Arsenal's Thomas Party, Hewton stayed on, tasked with assembling the best possible squad of players with Ghanaian heritage, including those who may have represented other countries previously. Nowadays, the squad looks very different. Tariq Lamptey, an England under-21 international, is on board, along with Bristol City's promising London ball forward, Antoine Semenyo, while Inaki Williams from Spain and Denis Adoy from Belgium both had senior caps their name before switching allegiance. Salisu was aware of the vision. I had a talk with the FA president, and they told me their plans for trying to change everything in the team, he explains. I spoke with the manager, and he told me how he needs me in the team. That made me change my mind to be ready. Having become a regular starter in the Premier League, Silisu accepted the invitation to join up with the squad for the September friendlies, but it was a rude awakening to football's elite level. He watched from the bench as World Cup favourites Brazil raced into a 3-0 lead inside 40 minutes, but earned plaudits for his display as a half-time substitute, steadying the ship in the goalless second period. I think that was a tough debut, he grins ruefully, showing off his bright white teeth. My first game playing against Brazil was tough, but I was so happy to make that debut. We lost, but I was so happy. When I was on the bench, what was in my mind was, what if I said, I'm ready, I should show it on the pitch. That's what I was in my mind, so when I came on, I had to give everything I had on the pitch, put everything in to help the team. His reward, four days later, was a first start, culminating in a clean sheet and a 1-0 win over Nicaragua. It was a great feeling, honestly. When I'm in the lineup before the kickoff, it was a great feeling, he says. It was a great experience of how all this team works, so it's good. We have a good manager and good staff and good young players, and now everything is changing. I think we have good players to make something in the World Cup. As fate would have it, April's World Cup draw pitted Ghana against Uruguay, the adversaries who cruelly ended Africa's interest in its own World Cup back in 2010. Becoming only the third African country to reach the quarterfinals, the Black Stars looked set to go one step further, only for Luis Suarez to save Dominic Adela's header on the goal line in the last minute of extra time. With Suarez dismissed for deliberate handball, Asimo Jean had the chance to send Ghana into the semis, but struck the crossbar from the resulting spot kick, forcing a penalty shootout from which the South Americans prevailed. With South Africa hosting the tournament, it was the horror of not just Ghana, but the whole continent holding on to its last hope of making history, that the Black Stars were out. I think the people are looking forward to that game, because they are going for revenge, says Salisu, then 11 years old, who vividly recalls the national trauma. 
I remember watching it with the family, after the whole country was very sad. I remember it. In that World Cup, Ghana was the best African team that goes far. That was a memory for me. And that made me inspired. I too am looking forward to that game. I need to be with my country and fight for my country because I'm part of revenge as well. The Uruguay clash, much hyped back home, will be sandwiched between games against Cristiano Ronaldo's Portugal and Song Heung-min's South Korea, two familiar foes for Silisu from the Premier League. It's a special moment, not only because it's my special player, but going into the World Cup, it's a special moment, so I'm looking forward to it, he says of facing Ronaldo, his childhood hero. I play against a lot of players who we play against in our group. I think that will help me a little bit, because most of the players are in the Premier League. The intensity and everything will help me a lot to adapt to the team. It's a tough group, a very tough group, but I think we need to prepare and have a good mentality. It's a World Cup. Every game is a tough game, so you need to have a good group stage. We know it's going to be very tough, so we have to put everything into every game to make the country proud. But what would a successful tournament look like for this new look Ghana lineup? I think we have to do everything step by step, he reasons. At first, we need to qualify from the group stage, and then after, we'll see what's next. But firstly, our aim is to qualify in the group stage. It would be a big dream for me. That's my dream, to play in the World Cup, and to go far. That's my dream, and I'll make sure I give everything I have in every match. I'm happy, and proud, and I'm looking forward to it. It's now time for your Southampton's women's updates. Saints were defeated in the Conti Cup in their debut. A much-changed side took to the pitch at Butts Park Arena in the FA Continental League Cup fixture against a winless Coventry United women. It was a scrappy affair for both sides in the first half, but Saints had the lion's share of the chances. Megan Wynn and Katie Wilkinson looked particularly assertive in the midfield and attack. Wilkinson hit the back of the net in the 10th minute, only to see her effort ruled out for offside while Ella Pusi went close next as she rounded the keeper in a 1v1, only to see her shot cleared off the line. Captain Lita Rutherford was the next Saints player to go close, twice in quick succession from two corners, heading the first at the keeper and the second just wide. Coventry United made Saints pay for their lack of clinical finishing just five minutes into the second half. A slip-up in the midfield saw them with an overload going forward, and Misha Dudley-Jones was on hand to slot home, Cross keeper Kayla Rendell. The home side doubled their lead five minutes later. As Saints looked to regroup and push for the equaliser, another drive forward from deep in the midfield saw Ebony Wiseman unleash a long range effort that flew into the top corner in the 55th minute. Wilkinson nearly got Saints back within one as the game approached the 70th minute, twisting her way through the box before unleashing a strike that was equalled by Coventry's shot stopper. It was all Saints as the game continued towards the 90. Pussy went on a one-on-one with the keeper once again, this time unable to keep her shot down and seeing it fly over the bar. Georgie Freeland then rattled the crossbar, the ball falling to her on the edge of the area where she unleashed the first-time effort. Coventry did their best to control the game as Saints found their rhythm and in the end it was the home side who took all the points in the Continental Cup. Now time for an important message from the Saints Foundation. We all feel off our game sometimes. But know that when you do feel low or you're struggling, we're in your corner. Saints by Your Side is here to provide advice and support for our fans and all the people of Southampton. We were proud to announce earlier this week on World Mental Health Day that we are expanding our support for mental health here in Southampton. 
men from the local community will now be able to self-refer into a new face-to-face programme of mental well-being support, with group sessions kicking off at St Mary Stadium later this year. Sessions will offer those who attend a safe and supportive environment to come together, start a conversation around their mental health and learn ways to improve their mental well-being. Local GP services will also be signposting into the service. The programme is being run by Saints Foundation in partnership with Hampshire and Isle of Wight's Interrogator Care Board and partly funded by the IMP Trust. This targeted programme for men in the local community is an exciting expansion of Saints by Your Side, a Saints Foundation and Southampton FC initiative which offers advice and guidance to anyone struggling with their mental health. To launch the new programme, Saints Moy El Yunusi sat down with the club's lead clinical performance psychologist Greg Clark, talking candidly about mental well-being in an interview to mark World Mental Health Day. The pair discussed good and bad days, the pressures of on-pitch performance on well-being, and how Moy has adopted to the role of older brother to the younger Saints stars when they face mental health challenges of their own. It happened recently with one of the players who wanted to talk about things he was going through outside of football. Moy tells Greg. We sat down and I listened for half an hour or so, where it explained the whole situation. And the thing is, I hadn't gone for anything like it, so I didn't have that experience. But I think he needed someone just to listen. You can watch the full video on Saints Foundation website. As usual with our opponents, we allow Sam Tai to give us the tactical overlook. What shape are West Ham in ahead of this meeting? A game every three and a half days. That's the taxing reality for life of those who qualify for European competition. And in this truncated half-season ahead of the World Cup, clubs like West Ham are being put through the mill. They arrive at St Mary's off the back of a battle with Anderlecht, their sixth European game of the campaign so far, and that has clearly had an effect on their Premier League form. Just three wins from nine represents a slow start from David Moyes' men. That said... They have won their last two in the league and seem to be finding their groove following a glut of summer signings, several of whom arrived very late in the window. Who are their new signings and how have they changed West Ham? Moyes brought in around eight first-team signings over the summer, with the most notable two being Gianluca Scamacca and Lucas Paqueta. The former is a towering striker with exquisite technique, the latter a playmaker who boasts drive and creativity. Despite not long playing together, they formed a connection on the field, with Paqueta frequently picking out Skamaka out with crosses or clever passes. He's strong in the air and brilliant at taking the ball down and shooting. One of Southampton's primary jobs here is to ensure Skamaka never gets a second to find his balance and strike. Paqueta is difficult to shut down due to the variety of his positioning. He can drift between the lines to receive or drop deep to grab the ball and carry it forward. He also boasts a physicality in line with the rest of his team. Are there any other threats to be aware of? West Ham typically top the charts, or come close to doing so, in set-piece goals, but this season their returns from this area have dipped. They've scored just one from these situations. Given they remain such a tall and physical imposing side, though, that tally is sure to rise. Paqueta's playmaking has given the midfield a glossy sheen, but under it, Reckham Rice's ability to recover... An immense amount of ground and dry forward with the ball remains key. Finally, Skamaka may start to pick the Premier League apart with games up front now. Calantonio can be extremely effective as a finisher still. His dynamic and brutish runs are even tougher to deal with if he's fresh onto the pitch and you're already 75 minutes in. What's key though for Southampton this weekend? 
Whether it's by design or not is unclear, but teams don't tend to have too much trouble progressing up the pitch and into West Ham's territory. The problems begin when you reach their box. When backed up in their own third, they defend like Trojans, removing all the gaps in and around the D and plugging up the centre with big bodies. This generally forces teams out wide and into crossing positions, but with Kurt Zuma, Craig Dawson, Thomas Suchek and Rice all in there to defend, it's tough to get the better of them. Getting the better of West Ham when you allow them to settle into a deeper block is hard and requires eye-of-the-needle stuff in congested areas. Ideally, you strike fast in transition and don't let them settle, even if that means taking a few quicker or more speculative shots when the space is there. There's also scope for Saints to outwork and out-hustle West Ham. With a week between games, they'll be fresher. While Rice has already admitted the schedule has left him knackered, and he won't be the only one. Intensity in midfield, pressing the ever-present Rice and Suchek, could lead to dangerous turnovers, which Saints can use to their advantage. And finally, time for the fans' favourite, Franny Benali. I recently visited the Southampton Clinical Trials Unit, where I was able to celebrate with some of the people who have been a part of our fundraising for Cancer Research UK. It was a nice opportunity to announce that we had reached a total of over £1.3 million from all our events so far. This was after the gala dinner that we held at St Mary's recently, which had been delayed by two years because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It had been the most incredible journey, and I am forever grateful to everyone who has given their support. Hopefully, it will make a difference to people's lives through research, trials and treatment. So many people have been affected by cancer, and we want to help reach that end goal of beating the disease. Our own fundraising efforts will not be ending here, though, and my family is committed to more fundraising in the future. As we all know, the battle against cancer is one that is ongoing, and we would also like to help other charities and causes, none more so than the Saints Foundation. On to recent Saints games. Well, we weren't at our best against Everton in the first half, but came out after the break to score a wonderful goal that was finished by Joe Aribo. Having taken the lead at home, we were all looking for us to kick on and take all three points. That changed very quickly for us after Everton's response, and it turned into an opportunity missed. It just adds to the frustration after previous results where we haven't capitalised on opportunities that were in front of us. It comes down to fine margins of football again. It could be a lapse in concentration, a mistake or a mischance that costs you on any given day and those things can come back to bite you sometimes. On our trip to Manchester City, it was always going to be a difficult and daunting task taking them on because they are just so good at the moment. However, you've got to play them and you can only try your best. And Saints did that. Our run of recent results only made that game harder. Starting today, Saints have three games in quick succession in what is a big week as we find ourselves in a position in the team where we need points. With two home games against West Ham United and Arsenal and a fixture against our South Coast neighbours Bournemouth, it's a good opportunity for us. We need to get back to winning ways and keeping clean sheets and I'm sure that there is work going on in the training ground to help towards that. There won't be too much time between games in this run so we need the players in the starting lineups and the substitutes to be ready for each test.